Let's be real. Back here again, as promised, back-to-back weeks. We starting to get ramped up for NFL season. Back with the guys, Tev and Sheedy. Uh, we do got two missing action, so shout out to Trev and Skyler. They will be back on next week's show. But we do have a special guest today. Uh, my guy, host of The Real Deal with, with his name, Damian Adams, and co-host of the 33 podcast, my guy, Damian Adams. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Been looking forward to this. Uh, definitely, I'm excited about today's episode for sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh well, yeah. What's your definition of special? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be good. Nah, now, now, they know she's starting a little too early. <laughs> it's never too early, bro. It's never too early, man. Yeah. I, I come in peace for the most part. Mm-hmm. We'll see you after uh, we get to these uh, record <laughs> predictions. But um, first up, of course, I always follow us on Twitter um, at uh, LBR underscore media. Uh, follow us on any podcast platform. Listen to us on any podcast platform. Give us five-star rating on Spotify. Uh, rate us and give us five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And, of course, uh, subscribe and notify from YouTube for live shows. And the show will still be available afterwards. So, been seeing the numbers creep up. So, shout out to everybody who's been subscribing and listening lately, audio and YouTube. I appreciate y'all for real, for real. But, as we always do with any guest, we always do a Q&A. And Damien, I did have you on my former Let's Tighten Up podcast last year. So basically, I would remix the Q&A questions from there. So with it being a year later, um, with you doing the real deal with Damien Adams and 33 podcasts, similar to us doing multiple podcasts, what are the challenges of uh, what challenges do you face trying to keep up with multiple podcasts? Oh, man, I think the biggest challenge with having multiple podcasts is to make sure that you keep each one fresh. Right. You don't want to repeat the same material on a different podcast. Right. So with my podcast, I talk about the NFL, NBA and boxing. And the 33 podcast is more exclusively about the NFL. So I don't want to stop talking about the NFL on my podcast because I'm doing a podcast that's more just NFL. But you also don't want to repeat the same material on both podcasts. So I think the biggest challenge is to make sure you just keep them fresh and make sure that you don't have things run into each other, right? You get into a, a mode where you're just going and going and going. And next thing you know, you don't remember what you said on one episode of your podcast versus the other. And you like, so you got to make sure that you keep things fresh and that you know what's going on on each episode or on each podcast to make sure that you don't get stale with the material that you're doing on both podcasts. Right on, right on. Things we definitely take into account. Although it's a little easy for us because we got a strictly Greasy's podcast. So we don't talk about the Grizzlies as much on here, but sometimes we squeeze them in when uh when it's warranted. But uh next, what what motivates you to keep you going with uh podcast and even uh journalists? Uh because you do cover the Phoenix Mercury for 33 conversion. I mean not a three-point conversion, I mean. So how do, what keeps you motivated to keep going with those things? It's just my love of sports, man. I grew up playing basketball and that was, of course, I had the same dreams as everybody else who played sports, right? Wanted to make it to the league. And, you know, once you realize, like, man, them dudes in the league is pretty special. You know, it's pretty hard to do that. So how am I going to continue to stay connected to sports in some type of way? And my way was, at that time, first I was writing about it. And then I learned about podcasting um, by listening to the His and Hers podcast, Jamel Hill and Michael Smith. Uh, that's what got me into podcasting. And when I was listening to them, I was like, man, I love the chemistry. I love how they can go off topic when it comes to sports and then come back to it. 
And I just really found it like inspiring as far as man, I could do this. And at the time I had my day job, I would not be working. And me and my coworker would be emailing back and forth, arguing about sports all day. And I was like, man, we should start a podcast. Like we should try, we should try this out and see how it works. And we started it uh, at the time it was called the uh, Talking Junk Podcast that when I first started. And eventually he saw that it wasn't a passion for him, but I got addicted to it. It was something that I like, I was like, oh, I love doing this. This is something that is super dope. So eventually I, you know, went off by myself, started my own podcast, then connected with others, started third and three podcasts. Once I started putting on social media and connecting with so many different people. So for me, it's just my passion. It's what I love to do. I love breaking down the NFL, the NBA, boxing matches. I love doing it. So for me, there's really no other option. Like it's what I need to do. So that's why it keeps me going because I don't see another passion that I would love this much. Why do you think it's important to podcast or to be a podcaster? So why I think it's important? Like uh, to be because... a podcaster, to do podcasts. Mm. Oh, because people need that outlet, right? Like for all, because there's millions of different types of podcasts, right? There's podcasts for people who want to do, you know, do-it-yourself projects at home. There's podcasts for people who want to just, uh, there's, I heard one today, I heard a commercial for one about your DNA. Like you can, they are talking about how they're uh, finding out what's in their DNA and how they should live their lives based on that. There's so many different podcasts for everybody. So I think that it's important to be a podcaster because you get that outlet to somebody who's looking for that form of entertainment or even that form of information that gives them something. Right. And also you can inspire somebody just like Michael Smith and Jamel Hill inspired me to start a podcast. Maybe I could do that for somebody else. I've had people come to me and say, oh, man, I want to start a podcast. I hear what you're doing. How do I do it? So those moments where people come to me and say, oh, man, I love your work. Or they come to me and say, I want to start a podcast and I'm starting because I heard your podcast. I think those moments are what makes it really important to be a podcaster. Yep. Nice. And like, I think I told you last year, but you definitely gave us inspiration to keep going, even during COVID uh, with those, you came out with those YouTube videos, greatest NBA finals, no finals teams of all time, finals teams of all time. We started doing like top three, top three overrated players, top three, you know, most unheard of players type of thing. So I know we kind of like grabbed it. That's when I think we started following each other on Twitter and everything. So, yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, so last question with the uh, podcast thing, what advice would you have for anybody that has started podcasts? What inspiration or what advice you give them to keep them going to, you know, just keep pushing? You have to be attached to the content, not the numbers, right? You cannot be attached to the numbers. The numbers are going to go up. They're going to go down. You can't be motivated by that. You have to be motivated by the content you're putting out. You got to make sure you're putting out quality content. And eventually the numbers will come. It might take a little longer for you than maybe for somebody else, but you got to be attached to the content. Like I always tell this story when uh, Adrian Broner lost to Manny Pacquiao. I had this video I made on YouTube. It went viral. I was like, oh, this is it. Like, this is going to be the moment. I'm quitting my day job. This is about to be <laughs> it right here. And it didn't take off like that. Like that video had its moment, but then it took a while to get an audience separate of that like that video for some reason that video i guess really hit with people because i was really coming down hard on adrian broner after he was all talking about i'm gonna do it from the hood it's on god in them and then he went out there and just got molly by manny pacquiao so i was like i just had to kind of had to come down hard on him for that and people like that video went crazy I was like oh this is it this is the moment 
So you can't get attached to the numbers. You got to get attached to the content and know that, okay, I'm putting out quality content, even if no one saw this one or two people saw this one. Eventually that two is going to go into 10 and to 20 and to so on and so on and so on. So you have to be attached to the content, not the numbers. Facts. I remember uh, a while back we did a video uh, random. It was about, I guess the male, it started, NFL started having male cheerleaders and nobody talked about that. We we try and like find things that like nobody else is talking about. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dwight, Dwight Howard had his, his old thing with uh, transgender. I mean, it was things like that we would like bring it up. So, and also props to you uh, for boxing because like, it's not many boxing podcasts I see around. And it's just like, you definitely give a lot of insight on boxing that like, you know, I like I'm the type of person I watch all the big matches, but like uh reading your tweets and listening to your podcast, it makes me interested to the smaller undercard matchups. No, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, no, I definitely I've loved boxing forever, man. Me and my pops used to watch Roy Jones growing when I was growing up, and Roy Jones Jr. made me fall in love with the sport. And I've been, like I said, just addicted to it ever since. I was gonna try boxing, but I was like, nah, I'd rather get crossed up then get punched in the face so i'm gonna play basketball but <laughs> I, love, I, yeah. definitely, I definitely still have my love for the sport though if that's it shark i got uh two questions one with you making uh phoenix mercury content right is there anything that you would like to see the wnba market to i guess better market themselves like is there anything that, that the wnba can do to better market themselves and the first thing I would say is to target women, women who like sports. I think that's a market where for some reason they haven't tapped into, right? Because anytime you hear something bad going on in the NFL with regarding to women, like the Deshaun Watson situation or someone has domestic abuse, first thing people say is, oh man, the NFL has to make sure they don't alienate their female fan base because they have such a large female fan base. So those women who like the NFL, those women who like the NBA, why can't we get those women to also like the WNBA? If those women who like the NBA and like the NFL also was paying attention to the WNBA, the league would be in a much better place. Now, of course, as men, we need to support it as well, but they shouldn't look to us to be the driving force. It should be the women who like sports to be the driving force of this, getting this out there. And we see a lot of women talk about it on Twitter. That's my thing. We see like with the WNBA, when it comes to like social media, it's great. Like they have great social media numbers as far as their impressions and stuff like that, but it doesn't translate to people buying tickets and being there, right? Only place that really translates is Seattle, right? Because Seattle fans, they go out there and they definitely see that they create that for the storm. But not too many other places have that. Phoenix is pretty cool. Like Phoenix has a decent fan base. The X Factor out here, they love the Mercury, they love Deion Taurasi out here. But it's still not to that same effect of having 15,000 people like, Seattle would for a home game. So I think that we have to get the female fan base really involved in the WNBA and try our best to get them to support it. And you, I think that's think the location of the teams. Uh, some of it could be, but they have good locations. Like Phoenix is a great location for a sports team to be like, you know how big Phoenix is and like the, the Mercury, when they're doing well, they do have pretty good turnouts WNBA wise, right? But as far as getting to that next level, I think it's just about creating that that need for women to watch it. Uh, the locations are good. Like Vegas is a great location to have a sports team. Phoenix, Seattle, the NBA is talking about forever bringing the NBA back to Seattle. So having the WNBA already there shows you what the NBA could do if they brought the Sonics back there, right? Uh, so yeah, the locations are good. Connecticut's a little weird, 
But outside of that, and they actually have a pretty good fan base, Connecticut CERN, but the other cities that WNBA has are good cities. We just need to tap into the female fan base in those cities to support these teams. That's what's up. That's what's up. And then, like you said earlier, like the 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 point of like making great you know podcasts is to give good content. But why are you out here spreading false information, dog? <laughs> like, what's what's up with you, bro? Hold on, hold on. Now wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Now that question may have to get answered later on. In regards to something else, is what you trying to talk about too? Why are you trying to jump down my man's throat like that? Nah, because you know what I'm saying. Like we in this new media age, you know what I'm saying, and it's like we gotta call out what we see out. You know what I'm saying? I, I, that's the thing, though. I'm not spreading no false information. I'm spreading facts <laughs> <laughs> out here. You know, and if you know you disagree with my opinion, that's fine. That's fine. We could definitely get into it you know, and talk about it. I know we had some things we wanted to get into first before we did, you know, our Panther preview <laughs> that, that I know you want to get into. <laughs> yeah, for those that don't know, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to our uh, Panthers uh, outlook uh, part. But piggyback off that question, who are your favorite teams? And that's about to that's about to lead to what we have. So what, who are your favorite teams? So my favorite teams, I'm originally from New Orleans, so huge Saints fan, Pelicans fan. I've become a Mercury fan. I'm covering the team for a couple of years now. And uh, for hockey, I do pay attention to the Coyotes from now and every now and again when trying to watch hockey. I still don't know really the hockey rules. I'm trying to get better with that so I can cover hockey as well. Uh, but those are my squads, man. Saints and Pelicans are definitely my squads. Day one all day, man. So that's why people think I'd be hating on other NFC South teams. I really don't. But, you know, because I'm a Saints fan, people be like, man, you're hating on the Panthers. You're hating on the Falcons. The Falcons are the ones that I really don't like. I don't really have any beef with the Panthers. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Okay. So we hear that. We hear that. Cool. Yeah. The, the Falcons okay. is the team that we have the biggest beef with for sure. The Bucks, they just came along these last couple of years and Bucks fans getting, you know, rowdy because they got Brady. But we never really considered the Bucks a real rival, right? It's the Falcons that's been our rival for years now. I absolutely disdain the Falcons. And it brings joy to my heart knowing the Falcons are going to be bad this year. Like, it really, it warms my soul. Knowing that they're gonna be just this year, year. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know y'all popping champagne so, when they blew that twenty-seven three lead. Oh man, <laughs> when when they when they blew that lead, oh it was it was joy. I've never rooted for the Patriots in my life. I was rooting for the Patriots so hard on that day, and when it was up twenty-eight to three and it looked like the worst, I was like, oh man, I'm never gonna hit the end of this. How they won their Super Bowl and blew out the Patriots, but man, once the Patriots started making that comeback, they scored that first touchdown. I think it brought it to like 28 to 9. I was like, something's about to happen right here. Something's about to happen right here. I felt it coming. And little did we know they was gonna go ahead and just just collapse like that. Oh man, it that thank you for bringing that up. It really does just make me it feels I feel so much better. My cholesterol is down, blood pressure goes down when I hear stories like that. Like it's it really just brings a joy to my life knowing that the Falcons fans have one. And you see how both of us smiling right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but uh, before we move forward, uh, Damien, we're gonna ask you this at the end of the episode as well. But where can people follow you at? So, yes, you can find me on social media at the real deal WDA. That's the real deal W as in whiskey, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha. And I know we'll talk about the end of the show as well. Um, but I have a lot of stuff going on, like you mentioned. So, if you don't have time to remember all that, just follow me and you'll get access to all the content. So, again, that's the real deal WDA. Yep, for sure, for sure. Uh, folk move forward, getting to a couple comments. I got Ryan Harris. What it do, fellas? What up? What's happening? Y'all say, DA, what it do? <laughs> What's good, Ryan? 
also said even Roy Jones was supposed to lean back. (laughs) (laughs) Classic line right there from Fat Joe. Classic line. (laughs) And I got Trevor, uh, co-host. Yes, uh, man. What it do, man? Miss you, bro. (laughs) All right. Uh, Next up, we do have a new intro video for Let's Be Real. One, it's ironic that Damien is on this episode because you was the person I reached out to to give me contact with the guy who did your video and 30 podcast video as well. So appreciate you for that. Uh guy's name, William Phillips. Man, if y'all need any uh, video needs, please follow him. Follow him on Instagram at Willie P. 13 13 i hope i got that right but i'm gonna look i'm gonna double check and make sure i have it right man follow him on instagram reach out to him on there for any of your intro video needs but without further ado here is our new intro video Let's be real. There we go. Need the fire flames. <laughs> My man Will definitely does his thing for sure. Yep, man. He killed it. Uh, I asked guys on Instagram is Willie P13. So follow him on there, man. Reach out to him if you need any videos, man. He got you. But without further ado, as the title of the podcast, partial, uh, partial of the title of the podcast. Serena Williams, she did announce somewhere her retirement. She's going to finish out this year. She says she got some more things that she's focused on. But, um, of course, we're going to give her a flower. So, shout out Serena. She's our GOAT for yeah, sure. Yeah. But she wasn't somebody's GOAT. And uh, Damien <laughs> did make a video about that <laughs> this week. So, Damien ain't going to explain <laughs> what Mad Dog for first takes it. Yeah. So, yeah, I was watching first take. I don't watch it often, but I just happened to have it on. They was talking about Serena and uh, Mad Dog. He's known for the old man takes. So I already knew, like, he was probably going to bring somebody from, like, I thought he was going to bring somebody from, like, the 50s or 60s. But he, he brought somebody from the 80s, which for him is pretty recent. But he was saying that Serena Williams isn't his goal as far as female tennis players. He believes it's Martina Navratilova, right? Now, Martina was definitely great in her own right, one of the best of all time. And the reason he said that she was better than Serena was that she had better competition. So Martina has 18 career Grand Slams compared to Serena's 23. But he's saying that the reason that he believes Martina is great is because she had rivals like Chris Everett and others during that time. And Serena, the reason she didn't have rivals is because she is better than great, right? Like, (laughs) it's not like they stopped making great tennis players once Serena started. Those other players are great. They just weren't on Serena's level. Venus Williams is an all-time great tennis player. Serena just happens to be different, right? They tried to make Maria Sharapova a thing. They tried to make that a rivalry for the longest. But every time Serena played her, she would just bust her up because Serena is different, right? And on the video, I compared it to, like, Floyd Mayweather, right? A lot of people tried to hold it against Floyd Mayweather that he didn't have a rival. But they had great boxers during that time. He just was better than those boxers. Oscar De La Hoya all-time great boxer, Floyd was just different. Manny Pacquiao, all-time great boxer, Floyd was just different. So when it comes to people who are on a different level, they're better than great, we can't penalize them for that, right? When it comes to a Serena, a Floyd Mayweather, LeBron, Michael Jordan, 
you know, Wayne Gretzky, Tiger Woods, those type of guys are women in this case. You can't penalize them for being better than great. You just have to realize what you're watching. You're like, oh, man, they on a different level. And I think that's what Mad Dog was missing with that comparison of Martina Navratilova. She was great, but she had others in her same level where Serena is GOAT level, where greats didn't look like they were greats compared to her. Yeah, when I first saw your video, one on watch first take, so I didn't see it until I saw your video. Now I was like, let me see what he said. Um, my initial reaction was like, what, really? But after listening to him, I still think Serena's goat. I don't, I don't know who he mentioned, right? So I didn't watch yeah. tennis. Outside of Rudy Serena, I don't really watch tennis, right? So yeah. I, who, who am I to really judge and be like, hey, he's definitely wrong? I'm just gonna say Serena is my goat. <laughs> <laughs> I think she is the greatest. She has the most grand slams. But I, had, I never seen the other woman he mentioned play. Um, yeah. I do know that, like you said, they tried to make Maria Sharapova like they tried to make her like great and Serena be her every single time. So, like you said, you can't penalize them. I did, uh, kind of I thought about your video that you made about Mike Tyson uh, a little bit, but your video is way more relevant. Mike Tyson, really, when you said Mike Tyson was somewhat overrated because the people he beat versus you know, he lost to all the actual like big time boxers yours made a little more sense than probably more so than what he said but like i said i wasn't more in the eight i was born in 90s so i didn't i don't know anything about who he mentioned yeah no i'm right there with you i'm a 90s baby so i had to do some research on martina navitolo before i did the video and like i said she definitely was a great talent and was a beast uh so if she's in that conversation as far as best female tennis players of all time for sure but to say that she's better than Serena because she had better competition isn't true. Serena just happened to be way better than her competition. Right. Yeah. To Sheedy. Y'all think Mad Dog was hired by ESPN to remind us that we ain't shit? <laughs> yeah. Could be. Like this comments like that shouldn't have to ruin. I don't even think it ruined a moment, you know what I'm saying? So we're not even gonna acknowledge, but we're gonna acknowledge the greatness that is Serena Williams. You know what I'm saying? Not only is she the greatest uh women's tennis player of all time, she may be the greatest tennis player of all time, period. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, that's yeah. something to look at as well. But you know, even with you know, we saw the movie and everything and how she was have, able to come under from her sister. You know, dad was telling you, know, your sister's going to be good, but you're going to be the greatest. And she, you know, he spoke that on her and she went out and performed like no other ever has. So I just want to acknowledge Serena as, you know, our GOAT for sure. Um, happy retirement. I'm sure whatever she puts her mind to, she's going to, you know, continue to kill it. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what she does outside of tennis, but happy retirement to the greatest of all time. Sure. Yeah, um, we did a segment, I think, fellas, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, we did bring up the GOAT conversation um, of who's the just greatest of all time, period. Um, they didn't even matter sport, right, so to speak. And Serena was one name that echoed between all of us. Because to your point, Damien, what you're saying is there's greatness and then there's GOAT, right? And there's got to be that thing that drives you, that makes you better than your competition, right? Um, that... Floyd had right that Serena has and has has and has whatever um and did um not disagreeing with Martina she did great she beat the people that were in front of her um or lost to them too right um yeah. same with Serena like she lost some as well but 
Serena transcended the sport. And to your point, too, yeah, we watched the movie and Venus was supposed to be the better one of, of the two. But I think that may have drove Serena to be who she became as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I think what, what makes her a GOAT is so many people of color putting rackets in hands earlier for their daughters and sons um, because of what this person's doing. That's what goats do. They transcend the sport itself. If there was no Serena, would Nike be as invested in women's tennis? I would say no. And I I don't think um, even Coco would be coming along as she has come along as well. And so like, to me, Serena is it. She is the pinnacle She's the greatest, she might be the great, greatest female athlete of all time. Because you think about it, there there is no four other players on the court with her at the same time or anything else. It's mano y mano, woman on woman, and she beats them and she dominates when she needs to dominate. Um, and so to Serena, thank you for the years that you have spent um doing what you do. Please, you know, do what you what else you whatever you want to do. Be there for your children your child have a great family life and enjoy that because that is another thing man that we don't talk about enough it's like when you're great the spotlight is even greater and it's like you're walking on eggshells but after you retire sometimes you know you don't have to walk as heavy um with that and so kudos to her thank you for the years again of service that she gave us and let's always remember that she is definitely part of every goat discussion when it comes to athletes male or female Yep. I was like, you can make argument. She's the greatest athlete, period. Not just women. It's like men and women. Like she won a she won a what major while pregnant. She won. Yeah. <laughs> she won. Like, come on now. <laughs> like <laughs> I know guys that that can't even get out of bed after they hurt something <laughs> in their ankle. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like you said, we're transcend uh transcending off the court. Oh, wait, she's done for even Coco Golf for or even Naomi Osaka, like where things say like you that's things like uh, there's nobody else in tennis who's done that, man. So, yeah, it's good to a couple more comments. Ryan, Steffi, uh, Graf was dope too, but none of them got nothing on Serena. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trail, salute to Serena on outstanding career. Goat, for sure, for sure. All right. So, next up, we'll, we'll take a break, a word for our sponsor, then we'll get back to the smoke with <laughs> the Panthers <laughs> outlook. Yeah. <laughs> It's why they're tuning in today, Shark. It's why they're right now. We'll be right back. Let's Be Real Media is pleased to announce we are sponsored by Route Brand. Route culture is surrounded by skate, punk, and hip-hop art. We are looking forward to co-designing materials for this journey with them. Please visit RouteBrand.com for purchasing merch now and for future collaborations with Let's Be Real Media. All right, as y'all already know, man, rap brand like the promo said, might follow our guy, so uh, get some merch fresh out here. But, Kook, it's Carolina Panthers season preview. What you got to tell us that we don't know about the team that we should know? Everything, man. This is the most <laughs> underrated team in the NFL by far, and I'm loving that the fact that people like our guests don't believe that we're gonna win over five and a half games this season. So. Here we go. So <laughs> we're in year three of um, of uh, Matt Rule's seven-year contract, $60 million. You know, our owner, David Tepper, just got money to blow, so he's just going to do what he want to do. 
Um, and apparently this is when, you know, his programs like Temple end up turning around and make things for the better. Our last two seasons, of course, we won five games in a row. So, of course, there isn't much expectation for us to get, you know, any better. But by far, yeah, then you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, right now, uh, we finally got, in my opinion, our best best quarterback that we've had outside of Cam Newton and Baker Mayfield. We were able to get him for practically nothing um, from the Browns. You know, we're gonna, not going to speak of the Browns. I can't wait to talk about them later um, in later episodes. Um, but, you know, I feel like Baker is an above average quarterback who's much better than Sam Darnold, much better than Teddy Bridgewater as far as getting, you know, the ball to receivers and actually making the deep throw. You know what I'm saying? And I'm actually looking forward to watching him play. Of course, I've been a Baker Mayfield for those who's been watching the podcast uh, for as long as I can remember. So, of course, to see him in a Carolina Panthers jersey is kind of crazy. But, you know, it is what it is because Cam Newton was my guy in college, too. Um, but. I think his connection with our receivers would be much better than last year. Um, of course, we can blame injury like I, you know, say he was injured, but his connection with the receivers just wasn't there last season. I think this year uh, we're going to get, you know, a, a, a DJ Moore, who I feel is a top 10 receiver, especially if you look at his numbers. Um, Roby Anderson will have a much better year. Terrence Marshall is somebody that analysts been raving about all summer about. So I'm excited to see him. And of course, we got Rashad Higgins from the Browns who Baker definitely has a connection with. So he's going to, I think he's going to have a much better connection than last year for sure. Not saying that we have better receivers, but the connection mentally, I think will be there. Um, I don't expect much from our tight end spot. You know, tight end has been a weakness of ours since Greg Olsen retired or was traded. Um, so, you know, I don't expect much from there, but I do expect our running game to be a hell of a lot better with a hopefully God willing, healthier Christian McCaffrey. Um, and if not, we did end up signing Dante Foreman from the Titans. And Sharky, you can attest that he did come and do what was needed to be done when uh, the, um, Derek Andrew Henry went out. Um, so I, I'm excited to see that for sure. Um, another player we get back from injury would be J.C. Horn. Um, if you don't know, the Panthers did start off 3-0 and for a reason, and he was a key defensive player, even though he was a rookie. Um, he's coming off a broken ankle, but, you know, a season to just come and mentally, you know, prepare and, you know, better prepare your body can only make a second year player that much better. So I'm really excited to see what he does. Uh, one of our weaknesses for last season was offensive line. We, he tackled that head for, you know, signing the King McConwu, um, not signing, drafting him um, as the first tackle uh, selected in the draft. And we also got underrated moves in signing uh, Ray Ram, uh, Rams guard, uh, Austin Corbett, as well as, um, the Ravens center Bradley Bozeman. So I think you connect those and put those in with, you know, um, Bradley Chris, Bradley, Brady Christensen, who actually is developed a lot over the summer as well. You connect all those and we have a much better offensive line with hopefully a Chris McCaffrey. And I think we'll do, like I said, a, a lot better than what people expect us to do. Defensively, um, we had a number, we were ranked number four in passing yards without, J.C. Horn, so I think you connect that in, and you're looking at a much better defense. Um, but we were, unfortunately, was it 18th in rush yard defense, 21st in scoring defense. So I think you connect those. Uh, you connect those dots. I get to you in a minute, Dominic. You know what I'm saying? I'll say what I said. You connect. You know, you you connect everybody coming back healthy. We did lose Stephen uh, Stephon Gilmore, Hassan Reddick, but I think our cornerbacks will be a lot better this year. Um, 
And of course, we got Brian Burns still on the edge. I also think before the season started, we're going to sign a veteran uh, defensive end that didn't probably want to do training camp. And, you know, like I said, we got an owner who wants to win now and got the money to try to win now. Um, so pretty much, duh, 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 I expect us to win, you know, of course, over five and a half games. I actually got us finishing um, around the 500 mark. Um, I actually got us believing, duh, 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 was it eight and nine? You know what I'm saying? If we can go eight and nine and compete for, you know what I'm saying, a wild card spot, I'm going to have to be Panthers fan because that's three years of mediocrity that I done seen that, like, come on, bro, what are we doing? So if we can get eight, nine, 500 wins, kind of compete for that wild card spot, I'm going to have to be Panthers fan. Let's, you know what I'm saying? They could come in and do what he's supposed to. Let's get them to a contract because we know Sam Darnold won't be there next year. Um, and let's let's just see what we got. Like I said, this is the third year of the Matt Rule, you know, program, and we going This is when he normally turns just everything around. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So I, um, Damien, she did feel free to chime in with any questions. So next up, we just asking the questions we have for him to answer. So my question is. Really running back. So how would the rotate? How do you proceed the rotation? Because y'all still got Chuba Hubbard, right? Still got Chuba Hubbard. But I expect Dante Foreman to come in uh as a second running back. Because like I said, we he has the experience and he was able to do great while Derrick Henry was gone. I also expect us to put, you know, Chris McCaffrey in the start a little bit too. Like we 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 got some schemes to play around. And you know, um, how was offensive coordinator name? Uh Shula. I believe Matt Shula, uh Shula, who's a very underrated signing for, you know, quarterback, you know, the quarterback whisper or whatever you want to say. So um, his offensive schemes are pretty good. I think we'll be better offensively with that. And if you were to get the number top one, the top picks in our fantasy draft in the LBR fantasy league, are you going to take Christian McCaffrey? Or do you don't, or you don't trust his injury history? You know what? This you hear the hesitation? You hear the hesitation? (laughs) It's a fan. (laughs) Because I think we can use him better more than a running back, which is what he's probably used to. You know, of course, being I think we can put him in different packages. I would because we'll get on the ball more like Chris McCaffrey is still that guy. You know, two years of being injured. I think he comes back this season. And, you know, like I said, proves people wrong. I think this is the season we put things together that, you know, we connect the dots. Finally, I think this is that season for us to do. And if not, like I said, Dante Foreman is there as well. But I think Chris McCaffrey is worth the top three, top two. If it was me, of course, me being a Panthers fan, I'm picking them top one. See, I took them late. I think I took them year before last year. I'm good. <laughs> like my list. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I ain't about to go to the second time. Anybody else uh, got a question for him? Yeah, so with Matt Rule, you mentioned yeah. that in his previous stops, the third year is where the team turns around. But in those previous stops, that was college, right? NFL level, we haven't seen anything where – I haven't seen anything that makes me think, like, Rule is this offensive genius. I haven't seen anything that makes me say, man, this offense is going to be nasty when you get some weapons. I haven't seen anything like that. So what makes you confident that in year three with – and you said Baker Mayfield, he's better than Sam Darnold, but he's not a top 15 quarterback. So when you talk about Baker Mayfield being a guy who – is around the middle of the pack as a quarterback. What makes you think that rule is going to get the best out of Baker Mayfield with this team? The offense line has improved, but it's still not one of the best in the league. So it makes you confident in Matt Rule. One word, brother, coaching. Um, my mistake on that was not Matt Shula that we signed. It was Ben McAdoo. 
Uh, we know what he's done with the Giants and what he was able to do. Um, so I think he'll be a lot better than because we did go all college. You know, we did sign, bring in Joe Brady immediately from college. So it looked like we were trying to put in a college system within the NFL, which we know don't work, you know, kind of don't work depending on the personnel. But I think Ben McAdoo will be a much better job. They do a better job than, than Matt Brady did last season. Um, not really comparing last season, this season, but I kind of will. Um, what is the single greatest thing that you think is going to help this team this year? And what is the single thing that you wish your team may have addressed as well um, over the offseason? I mean, I know it's not completely over yet, right? But it kind of is, actually. But what is one thing that you loved about what your team did and one thing that you wish your team would have done? One thing that I know that um, Scott Fitter, our general manager, is doing, he's literally creating the Seahawks defense back when they had uh, Richard Sherman and, you know, all those guys. And he's literally doing that. We got, you know, the J.C. Horns. We got the Jeremy Chance, who is a pro bowler. We got Xavier Woods back there with him finally, who can help him out. Uh, we do have other cornerbacks who I think, you know, uh, uh, Jackson, of course, um, I got Jackson. Uh, Dante Jackson, who would be pretty good this season as well. I think our cornerbacks will be better. Like I said, last season we had a, a top four, top five uh, passing defense as far as yards go, and that's without J.C. Horn. So, like I said, you can put him in, you know, as far as chemistry go, we'll be able to knock that right out the park. So I think that will be huge, especially uh, in the NFC South when we got to go against uh, Thomas Brady, you know what I'm saying, and whoever's quarterback in the Saints, so, you know, you got to still respect them. <laughs> but you know i think our cornerbacks would be good as far as like placing improvements on i would say i wish we could have found somebody to replace hassan reddy um because brian burns was able to get off because of him um hassan reddy did his thing on the defensive line and you know i think we're a little weaker at that position of course we're better at the cornerback but we're a little weaker at you know defensive line and of course you got to get to the quarterback um, so we'll see how that work out. Um, and of course, like I said, tight end, we ain't had a damn good tight end since since Greg Olson left us. So and that was damn near 10 years ago, it felt like. So I think that was one of I think that's one of the things I wish we could have addressed, but you know, we'll see. Cool. Any more questions? All right. Now, he he makes some some great points on why they'll be better. I believe they'll be better as a team, but when you look at the schedule, I just don't see them getting more than six and a half wins. Like but yeah, that's all. I'm on three. That's a disrespectful part. <laughs> and reality is, nah, we did go. When we did go three and zero last season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We won and then what happened? Oh, you remember what happened? <laughs> I don't know. They got in their own way. A whole bunch of other stuff. I don't know. But one of the teams we did beat was the Saints. So I know why you kind of. Yeah, don't I got so you know, yeah. you know, y'all got some first. That was week two. Y'all, y'all got some week two. Y'all defense looked great in week two. And we, we got right? y'all again in week three. So I think you know we can we can snap y'all early again. You know, <laughs> so I got us winning. I actually got us winning with the first three. Uh, we lose the next four. Uh, win, lose the next four. Win the next four, and then you know lose against the Saints. Hey. Y'all was losing against y'all the last game. Of the yeah, he said last. He said win three and lose four. Did y'all hear that? I guess. I mean, this straight. ain't nine. I said eight and nine, eight and nine. We're going, I think, I think this will be a streaky team. You know what I'm saying? It, according to the schedule, like you just said, if you look at the schedule, there's a some wins, losses, wins, losses type of show. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, like, you know, eight and nine, I'm I'm happy. I'm a content Panthers fan at eight and nine. Ain't no back and forth, straight up, man. Because consistency is key. That's what we say around here. And they definitely, I'm going to keep it real, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Trepidy asked the question. We'll get to that when we get really right now. I ain't gonna see South prediction. So uh he said who's gonna win more games between Saints and Panthers when to give his uh division rankings. That's what <laughs> we'll get Trevor, to. Trevor, why'd you ask that question? Saints <laughs> should win more, but health also matters there too. It's crazy, Dominic, because I said the literally exact same yeah. thing when thinking about the Saints. Like we kind of have the same issues as far as health go. Um, quarterback play is like we kind of mirrored at each other. It's, it's weird. Would, would you agree? Uh, I think that last year, even with the health issues, we still finished nine and eight, right? So with us, if we're healthy, we should be 10, 11 wins, especially with the added weapons of Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, to go along with Michael Thomas coming back. We didn't have Michael Thomas last year. So, yeah, I guess you say Michael Thomas would be our version of Christian McCaffrey where we're worried about his health and him coming back. But but previous to the ankle injury that cost him pretty much a year and a half, Michael Thomas was very durable for four years and was one of the best receivers in the league. So when you bring him back along with those added weapons, man, in that defense, the Saints team is going to be could be very, very special. I can't remember who caught was it Jalen Ramsey who called him slam boy? So, yeah, I don't know who started it, but obviously they, <laughs> yeah, they somebody, was everybody just took off with it. And the thing is, he averages over like 11 yards per catch. So obviously it's not just slants, but, but people have just taken that narrative and ran with it without looking at the actual numbers. My man, Michael Thomas is special. Man. You know, the thing is, I would say this to people, if he's only running slants, how did he break the record for catches in the season only running slants? You know how good you got to be at running slants? For you to break the record, <laughs> the catches right. in the season, when people know the slant is coming, like you got to be dynamic. I write some slants, boy. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last question for two. Ryan did say Matt Rule would get fired. He guarantees it with eight nine record. Do you agree? I mean, yeah. I, if if that happens, that means we're gonna go get a better coach, and we gotta he be coming to a better situation. You know what I'm saying? So if he gets fired, cool. Appreciate you for getting us here. Um, but you know, I would love just throwing a dart at the, the, the board. I would love for us to get Sean Payton. Just, just saying. Just saying. You know, he's coming. Just saying. Just throwing a dart there. Just yeah. No, nah, nah, I, I definitely respect it. Like, if you're another team, you want to get a great coach, and you think Sean Payton just needs a year off to, you know, refuel, and you go after him, I definitely get that. But yeah, he got to spend more times with the kids according to that uh, movie I saw. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, you gotta be a better father, which I <laughs> you got some rings. Think- I'll share with the fam for a minute, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. I, but you know what I think is gonna happen. You know how when Bill Cowher first retired and the Steelers got Mike Tomlin for those first like five years, everybody. Well, we getting Bill Cowher. Bill Cowher's coming to us this year, man. Bill Cowher ain't go nowhere. Bill Cowher got comfortable in that seat on TV and <laughs> been chilling. I think Sean Payton might do the same thing. Cool, cool. So Trevor said when the NC South have more than one team reach playoffs, again, we yes. we're, really, yeah, they're about yes. to get there. But yeah, mm-hmm. I say initially, yes, from my uh, rankings. That was Carlton Davis calling Slam Boy. Ah, okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I knew somebody. It was on Twitter. I remember that. Because <laughs> Twitter, uh, of course, we say Maine here in Memphis and Tail started calling him Slam Maine. <laughs> All right, fun times. Glad to have Michael Thomas back. <laughs> yes, sir. NFC South predictions. Ah, here we go. Let's start with, I guess, Damien and go to Took because y'all the NFC South representatives, and we'll go to <laughs> she did it. 
All right, so we're gonna go through the, the full the full yep. division. Yep. Uh, so I got I got Tampa Bay finishing first. I think they win a division this year. I can see them getting twelve or thirteen wins. Um, I do think they might start off a little slow. I think the whole Tom Brady trying to fake retire and go to Miami thing is kind of undercovered. Like that was that thing really happened. Like he really tried to fake a retirement and go to go to Miami and be the quarterback there. And we act like this didn't happen. Like this, like he wasn't trying to get out of there and go somewhere else. Uh, so I think that's an undercover story there. And they're, they've been having some health issues in training camp. So I think that's something to keep an eye on with them. But still right now, I have them finishing first in the division. I do think they're the best overall team uh, for the regular season in NFC South. I got the Saints finishing second. I think we are going to be a wild card team. I can see us getting 10 or 11 wins this year. Like I said earlier, we won nine games last year with no weapons outside of Alvin Kamara offense. Like it was Alvin Kamara a bust offense last year. Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, Ian Book. <laughs> at quarterback we still managed to win nine games so Jameis Jameis before last year didn't have any health injuries you know and then towards ACL so I think he should be back to being a double quarterback for us and I trust Jameis Jameis was balling last year for us in those first seven games people act like 14 interceptions and 14 touchdowns and three interceptions didn't happen they're like oh he threw 30 interceptions three years ago well look at last year like that's right there in front of your face when he was what he was doing last year before he got hurt so I trust his improved decision making this is his third year in the same system. I know Sean Payton's no longer there, but we got the same offensive coordinator. He's been our offensive coordinator now for like 14 years, uh, Pete Carmichael. So it's the same. It's definitely the same system that he's in for the third straight year. I definitely think that's going to help. And like I mentioned earlier, bringing Michael Thomas back, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, that offense should be very, very dynamic. The only thing you're worried about is left tackle, right? We lost Toronto Armstead. So you worry about left tackle being straight, but we have a veteran there in James Hurst, and we also have a rookie that we brought in at Trevor Penning. So I think either option there, we're going to see during this training camp of preseason who's the best option. Uh, but the rest of the offensive line are starters that we're bringing back that have been productive and have a connection with each other. Uh, so I'm offense, I'm definitely not worried about. And the defense was top five last year and in every category. Like I wrote an article about the defense, how good they can be. And when doing the research, I saw that, this everything when it came to sack percentage, getting pressure with just the front four, doing everything will make it to where you're going to be okay, right? And I think that both sides of the ball will be great. And it'll just the only reason we won't win a division is because Tampa Bay just is a little bit better to regular season wise. But come playoff time, we'll be that team that no one wants to face come playoff time. And then uh, Carolina, I think they'll be third. I have them finishing, like I said, either 6-11 and 11 or 5-12. and 12. I do think they'll be improved. They'll be very competitive. But the schedule just doesn't fit for them to win more games, in my opinion. And then, like I said, Atlanta, they're going to stink this year. It's a transition year for them. <laughs> they're going to be really, really bad this year. So they'll finish fourth. Yeah. Um, before I get to two, we do got a question for you, Damian. Ryan said, what are your thoughts about Taysom Hill? To him, he is getting a full-time check doing part-time work. Well, he's going to be a tight end this year, uh, so he's not going. To, <laughs> so he's he's not going to be the you know the part time gadget guy. He's going to be a tight end. He's right now listed as second on the depth chart. Uh, we've seen him play those roles before, where he comes in and plays running back or wide receiver. We know he has the athletic skills to do it, and this time he's had a full offseason concentrating on just being a tight end. Uh, he's a good blocker, so I think he's somebody who, if the left tackle is having a little trouble, he'll be there to help and chip block. So I think Taysom Hill is going to be really, really good this year. He's not going to get the money that you initially heard about in that first contract that he signed because it was based on him playing quarterback. 
<laughs> so he's going it's not going to be that same money that's what people are like missing out on they're like oh man you giving Taysom Hill this much money it was based on him becoming a good quarterback which obviously he's not so he be, he, he's going he's going to play tight end this year and I think he's going to be really good at playing tight end and of course we'll still use him from time to time to throw something different at the defense he'll come in and do those quarterback runs and stuff like that every once in a while but most likely they'll be very seldom compared to in the past well now he'll be concentrating on tight end so I think he'll be really good in that slot cool cool Two. So I think from top to bottom, um, healthy, of course, that the Saints do have the best roster in the NFC South. My thing is with the South, and I said just mirroring, you know, the Carolina Panthers and the Saints is the scheduling because you, the same way you feel about our schedule, I think we have an easier schedule than y'all. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you look, you know, if you go in and match them up, you say, damn, okay, cool. But I think the players that you mentioned, they're great, but they're coming off of injuries. Like you got Landry coming off a of hip surgery. You got Winston coming off an of and ACL surgery, trying to make sure he's good with that. Um, you got Mike Thomas, who, you know what I'm saying, who pretty much didn't play last season, and we call him slant man for a reason. If you ain't got your ankles, you ain't going to do that much slant. So, I mean, that's that on that. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, like my guy said, you got Kamara missing the first six games, which I think will be crucial for you, for you guys, especially, like I said, y'all schedule is much harder. Um, with that being said, I got uh, Tampa Bay, of course, Tom Brady would never bet against the GOAT. Um, I got us finishing second, nine to eight. I think y'all will be probably right behind us at 500 as well. You know, oh, not nine to eight, eight to nine. Y'all will probably be right behind us or something like that close. I think we'll have identical records. Um, and of course, Atlanta last, but like I said, I think we're literally kind of mirroring each, each other in a way, like bringing back players that were unhealthy for season and things like that. It's just it's just a weird time to be a Panthers and Saints man because I think, like I said, from top to bottom, y'all got one of the best rosters in the league. But are y'all gonna be healthy to pull it off? You know what I'm saying? I, is y'all coach gonna get y'all there as well? Um, of course, as a Panthers fan, I gotta say, hell no, but you know, I do gotta admit. Where, where y'all good at so you know that's that's, that's my spiel yeah and also i haven't heard the news about Kamara missing the first six games is that just the rumor on the like, any get into like the uh fight or something or was that last year are you talking about yeah, he, uh his he, comment last, that was last year i think because he missed yeah. some i don't think he missed six weeks though but he missed a lot that's something that's something he missed he missed four games last year with injury but he had the whole fight in the offseason but that oh. the whole hearing on that got postponed. So I think we're not going to get a, a punishment on that until next year. And even then, I don't think it's going to be six games, especially with some of the recent stuff of people getting suspended for what they got suspended for. So I don't think that's going to be something where we get him out for that extended amount of time. I think if he does miss time, it'll be one or two games for a suspension. And Mark Ingram can hold it down for one or two games. Yeah, so it hasn't been confirmed yet, uh, but according to CBS Sports, he is expected to receive a six-game uh, suspension with the, uh, with the with the Vegas fight. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, but of I course, like I don't think he'll get six either. So, but yeah, you know, this like the first time he got totally, though. You know, yeah. so listen. All right. Well, let me go ahead and take out the trash first. Um, <laughs> get the Falcons up out of there. Um, that is, I. It's hard for me not to say the worst team in the league, but it's definitely the worst team in the division. Um, I don't even count me once they get two to four, possibly. Uh, oh, yeah. um, and we hope it's not against Carolina. Um, <laughs> they always so, get one. They look, they always get one. So I ain't tripping. They always get one, especially when we're supposed to go undefeated. They always get one, bro. Whatever. 
15 and oh, 15 and one up. That was like 2007. Y'all was 15 and one. <laughs> At least we went to a Super Bowl. Right. And you lost, right? Hey, we got there, brother. That's the thing. The got Falcons y'all. did the same thing. Y'all? We had, but we have a ring. How many rings you got? All right. Thanks. So back to this year. <laughs> you know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm, doing, um, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing a Macarena. That was the last time y'all went somewhere. <laughs> oh, and let me do the last time y'all won a Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. Now, back to what I was talking about is Saints of the Dead Last. Um, <laughs> I will, I, I think that Tom came back one too many times this year. And I don't have Tom winning the division this year. I think the Saints actually do win the division. Yes, baby. Um, this season. Uh, and it is because of she hitting all these buttons, of course. Now you want to come over here. Um, but I will say that you talked about the receiving core. The receiving core is great and stellar for the Saints. And I think it will help carry them and Jameis. Jameis likes to throw the ball and rapid fire. Like you always talked about the offensive line, the left tackle is the strongest issue. It's always the strongest issue when you have a right-handed quarterback. Um, but if Taysom takes some of that time away, well, chipping, uh, you guys should be okay at the end of the day. Um, and so I got the Saints winning the division. I believe the Buccaneers uh, will be second in the division. Um, and I have the Panthers third. Um, I also think, to your point, too, I think scheduling does play a factor, right? And the Saints, I've never, I don't know if I don't play attention to schedules that much, but the Saints play all three divisions, all three divisions, uh, not all three, all of their divisional opponents three weeks in a row. Yeah. Straight. Like, Never, I don't even recall that opening week like that. And I think that legitimately will set the tone for the Saints to win the division. And that's why I have them winning the division. Because I think they actually come away with that as three and up, to be honest, if if I'm being frank with you. Um, And because of that, that is why I have the Saints winning. Um, So it'll be maybe a game or two above the Buccaneers. Um, And I think, honestly, I think the Panthers do pretty well. This season, I'll take you at eight and nine, but I'm going to go a little bit below eight and nine um and give you more of a, a seven ten maybe six and eleven per se um, i'm not gonna take the complete under on that <laughs> um but i think six and eleven um is good or seven and ten is is perfect for you all because again it's a step up from last season um the reason why i'm not sold on on thomas and the buccaneers i know we, we have this thing on here not to bet against him but at some point, Father Time's going to come and kick that, his ass, too. And somebody eventually is going to come off that end and hit him one time or two times, and he's not going to be able to recover the way he's been able to recover over these years. And then you insert whoever their backup quarterback is, and he's definitely not going to do the justice that Tampa Bay needs. Um, and I, I don't wish injury on anyone. I'm just saying at some point, Father Time is going to come knocking at your door, and he's completely undefeated. Um, and especially with that Saints defense, you still got Cam holding it down on the end. Um, and like you said, the top five defense in many statistical categories, and you add the Honey Badger as well. Um, when you're playing at that level, you have someone at that level on the D-line and one at the safety. Woo! That improves the defense a lot more. Um, and so I get definitely give you guys the divisional winners. Um, and then Panthers, you know, 
like you said, y'all been to Super Bowl more recent than the Cowboys, but you definitely gonna make the playoffs this season, well, players. So uh, maybe next season or three. <laughs> uh for move forward man shout out to a couple of uh, i guess old people who are in the comments my guy mike Patton, uh from host of tour alc south has jumped in also uh dominique uh jackson uh my guy dom of course has jumped in as well since we started the episode uh check out damien's arca too uh, for grand iron heroics he talked about the saints defense this past week uh on arca so like you said follow him on twitter you'll find it on there as well so that was a great article actually uh Thank mike you, uh, no doubt. And Micah actually just referenced it in the comments somewhere as he had just said something about it. So um, Trevor got books, Saints, Panthers, Falcons in that order. All right. As for me, and I'm going to get to Ryan had a question for us as well that we're going to answer after I get done. So I'm with Sheedy. I got the Saints first. Uh, and part of the reason what uh, Mike just said about Tom uh, losing Tom Jansen, I think his starting center and left and right guard are all hurt right now, if I ain't mistaken. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how long they're out, but Tom Brady, 45, you need line. He gonna need, he definitely need O-line. He already wasn't mobile. And at age 45, he definitely need O-line. <laughs> so, like she just sure. said, five time might come knocking just for the fact that if he getting hit enough, like Brett Favre, I think Brett Favre is still playing well, like age 42, and he eventually just got knocked out. Uh, I think it was about the Bears. Yeah. That might be what happens to Tom Brady. Uh, so that, that interior O-line is big because that's exactly what he needs because he steps up in the pocket. So, I, I got the Saints like uh Tuk was saying, roster wise, and I'm not I'm not the type of person that literally looks at tough schedules like that. Main reason is because you go off of last season's records, right? Teams change a lot of teams have changed this offseason. Each you know going season to season, teams change. Some things, yeah. you know, it's a lot of term you know you know different things that happen with teams. Teams are not the same year after year, so I don't necessarily like really go by like oh this team has a tough schedule and this team or whatever. But um, I do have the Saints. Their defense was top tier and they still will be top tier. Uh Daniel made a great point about the safeties. Uh they replaced uh Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams with Tyran Matthew and uh Marcus May from the Jets. And like I don't expect them to really miss a beat on defense. You get a healthier, healthier ish off offense. You got James Winston if he could just remain healthy with the weapons he got with Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave and Michael Thomas. Like even Michael Thomas get hurt. You actually got two other receivers that yeah. Better than the receiver they had last year. Like <laughs> I love my guy, uh, Mark. You know, Marquez Callaway is a TMC fan, but he ain't on the. He, is he still on the team? I'm sure she. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's still on the roster. He's still on the roster. So he's and I like, like I said, I like Callaway a lot. He's just not a number one guy. And last year yeah. he was actually too much. Exactly. He's right. He should be number four or five. That's exactly where he should be at. Like <laughs> if it yeah. works, maybe number three or something. And he's like, that's perfect spot. Like so, I even Kamara now. Kamara missing if. The suspension comes down with Camaro, that might change some things. Because I don't who was y'all uh running backs after him? It was Mark Ingram is the yeah, backup. Like I said, he could hold it down for a few games. Now, six games definitely oh, wouldn't like hurt. Yeah, six a lot. <laughs> Mark Ingram's still good though. That's the thing. He still could hold it down. He still could do his thing, especially in the screen game. He's great in the screen game. That's one of the you know the Saints staples is that screen game. And Mark Ingram's excellent at that. So he could hold it down for a little bit. Yeah, they've always had that that split carry role anyway, right? So yeah. it's not like you know, there was a lot of wear and tear on either knees for both of those running backs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's true. Also, and we get to it with Ryan's question with there's a new coach, although it was their defense coordinator for last year. So I'm interested to see what type of offense, how if y'all keep the same. I don't know if y'all kept the same offense coordinator, y'all gonna run the same offense that y'all ran with yeah. Sean Payton or it's the same same offense coordinator. He's been there literally forever now. 
uh, Pete okay. Carmichael. And people, because Sean Payton, people just didn't realize he's been the same office coordinator forever. Uh, so I think they'll, you know, they'll add their own little thing to it to make it their own, but it's still the Sean Payton offense. Okay. That makes sense. Then, of course, uh, I got Tampa Bay second. Now, another thing, the uh, Saints are 4-0 against, against Tom Brady in the, since he's joined the division. So yeah, I, just that one playoff game got us. Right, the playoff <laughs> game. We've been good everywhere else. They they got their number for, for some reason. Even last year, James Winston got hurt in the first. He tore his ACL in the first game, <laughs> and they still won. And then they beat them again later in the season. So they just got their number. Their defense got Tom Brady on. Man, he be he be shook against the Saints defense. So there's <laughs> <laughs> no reason they gonna get the tiebreaker over the Bucks if it comes down to that. Um, second, how the Bucks the Bucks. It's time. It still is time, Brady. I do believe our time could still come knocking, but I still give him respect to still say that he's probably gonna get second place and he's going to make the playoffs unless he just gets hurt. But yeah, I still gonna give him respect. Everything in my predictions are based on full health. Um, they pretty much got the same team returning. So um, third, I do got the Panthers. I do got y'all finishing around eight and nine. So I kind of got I guess the Saints like 12 and five, 11 six, Bucks 11 six, 10 and seven years, and uh, Panthers right behind eight and nine. I do think Baker does improve y'all. Y'all, y'all, the key with y'all is Christian McCaffrey is staying healthy because, yes, Dante Foreman was great. Um, he was definitely perfect for us because him and Derek Henry were similar style running backs. That's a different style from Christian McCaffrey. So it's, you know, he gets hurt. It's like, all right, <laughs> you know, the offense changes a little. You can't, you know, you can't utilize him in the slot like you want to and stuff like that. So it does change some stuff up. And I think Chuba Hubbard is like a similar type of back, uh, closer to Dante Foreman more than Christian McCaffrey as well. So y'all, style would change some but i still think uh baker he was hurt he was hurt last year that was part i mean people yeah. don't want to admit that but i mean he played with a torn rotator cuff like he, he probably should just shut it down he <laughs> kind of messed himself yeah. over so I, I expect him to improve just by virtue of being healthy um and the defense y'all already had a solid defense hopefully y'all stay healthy that would y'all that would definitely keep y'all in games and y'all could potentially even jump to become at nine to eighteen, uh, even compete for a playoff spot. And especially in the NFC, the NFC is kind of weak compared to the AFC. I don't think uh, eight games even you might be last place in the AFC or uh, second to last place for the Texans in the AFC. <laughs> but uh, NFC, you might you might sneak in the playoffs with their record. And last Falcons, yeah, former Titan, uh, Martin, former the Atlanta Falcons, they got all the Titans leftovers pretty much. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Arthur Skill. Signed out the former Titans players, Marcus Mariota and the gang, man. I'd definitely be watching them just to see. <laughs> but uh, I don't expect no more than four wins. And now I'm probably being generous even giving them that much. Uh, but I do I do hope Art Smith can do do well. But yeah, uh, ain't looking good for this year. Especially I hope Drake London's series uh injury wasn't serious. He got hurt in that first preseason game. So I am interested to see like him. But uh yeah, those are my NLC South picks. Um and the question that Ryan had for us was. Who is the best coach in the NFC South? There's a whole lot of mid in this division in that category. It's a whole lot of new coaches. Because I say it's new coaches, uh, you just don't know. Art Smith, uh, it's the longest team. No, Matt Rue is the longest team coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Matt Rue is the longest team you want. I would go best. Man, that's tough. I guess I would go Ty Bowles, just you know, based yeah. on his previous history and what he could do defensively. Uh, because Dennis Allen is a great defensive coordinator, but as far as head coach, he still has something to prove there. And, you know, Matt Rule, we talked about his shortcomings. And with, you know, with Smith in Atlanta, we still just have to see. Uh, so, yeah, I would go I would go with my guy in Tampa Bay there. You took? I don't Damn, know, man. Like... I don't know because <laughs> Atlanta Titans. 
<laughs> that's, that's what they are. <laughs> he made a good point. Like, you know, I'm saying the fact that they did, the Saints did lose a bunch of their players last season and still finished with the record that they did. I think coaching does have a huge part to do with that. Um, I mean, so if I had to pick one, I'd pick the Saints coach. If I had to choose one right now, uh, Matt Rule still hasn't proven that he can win at the NFL level to me yet. So, I mean, that I mean that is what it is. Of course, we got a better roster, which should transition to more wins. So we'll see. Maybe next year we be saying, you know, Matt Rule is for sure the best coach, and we may be saying that he's gone out this month. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with Todd Bowles, just in regards to resume overall. If you're asking for best coach right now, uh, but the NFC South is littered to the point of, you said mid, I might call that the CBD type of coaching uh, pedigree <laughs> right now, man. Uh, it's got to prove themselves. Hey, I think uh, they got some up-and-coming coach. Well, Matt Rule, I think he's this, this year would be his last year, potentially. Uh Arthur Smith, if he needs some time, because Atlanta, I mean, look at the roster they gave him. Uh, like I said, they got all the Titans, like, backup third string of players that they signed over there. So, um, I'll go with Todd Bowles as well. Uh, he did really good. To me, he did a really good job with the Jets. He shouldn't got fired, but, you know, that's a story for another day that we had a couple years ago. So, um, I give to him by experience. He did really good with the Jets. I mean, they went 8-8 eight eight one year. They shouldn't even been close to that record. They should have been, like, Three and thirteen that year, and he got them to eight and eight with their defense. So, give me Todd Bowles. I think Dennis Allen is on the rise, but this is his first year, so we do need it's difference between being a coordinator and being a head coach. So we need to see him actually prove himself as a head coach before giving him that title as the best over someone like a Todd Bowles who's been a coach before and done well as a coach. All right, moving forward, the smoke is done between Panthers and Saints. Y'all good? We gotta we gotta meet up in week three. For sure, we got to meal. I'm down, bro. Oh, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> Look, the loser got to pay for the meal. I'm down. It's a bet. Virtual it. handshake. It's a bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's move forward to the NC West. Damien's co-host, Jason Fearman, from the uh, His Third and Three podcast. It's a uh, four-year nights fan from this division. So, NC West predictions. We'll start with Damien to the same word. Damien, too. She didn't meet. All right, so for the NFC West, got to start with the Rams. I think they're still so, so good. Uh, and I think, like, honestly, it's kind of undercovered how they've kind of improved throughout this offseason uh, with the moves that they made. Uh, so I think that this team will be very, very good. Adding Bobby Wagner, that's it's nuts. It's nuts <laughs> that they added him to that defense. It's crazy. So I think they'll finish first in the division. Uh the rest of this division is very hard to predict because you have such a big unknown at QB with San Francisco, right? With Trey Lance, if he's good, San Francisco should be right back at being a contender in the NFC. If he's bad, it can go all haywire from there. So, but I'm going to go San Francisco second uh, in the NFC West. And then just looking at the rest of this division, I do not believe in Arizona at all uh, in this division. Uh, but they're going to be better than Seattle. So I'm going to go Arizona third and then Seahawks last because Seahawks, they're in the transition year as well. So Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, and then the Seahawks. But Cardinals, I think they're going to be really bad this year. I did one of my over-under videos on them as well, under eight and a half for sure on Arizona Cardinals this year. Sheesh. We're going to hold you to all these, my boy. 
Um, <laughs> but I think if it's any, if I did have to put like a free agent signing uh, for the summer, it would be Bobby Wagner to to the Rams. You connect him with everything that I don't think the the Rams lost anybody defensively. If they did, of course they may have upgraded. Um, as far as offense go, of course, like I said earlier, we did get one of their um, offensive linemen, but I think they'll be able to recover um, after him. Uh, they still got Cooper Cup still doing this thing. Matt Stafford still being the leader he is. Um, I don't see them taking a step back, um, so I got the Rams first. Um, San Francisco, I think regardless of – at this point, who, regardless of who quarterback, like we know what they are on defense, and that defense will get them into you know different positions like we saw last year. Um, like I said, the defense is really, really good. I think they that's a top five defense as well. Uh, we see what Jimmy G could do with quarterback. You know, they were still able to win a playoff game. Um, if, if Trey Lance is supposed to come and be the next, you know, uh, two playoff games, right? My bad about that, Shitty. Um, if, if Trey Lance is supposed to be the second rise in the Kaepernick of getting them over the hump, cool. You know, if not, you know, we know what we get with Jimmy G, which is a real still competitive football team. And they did, were able to sign Debo Samuel back. So, I mean, hey, they, they coming back for more. Um, so that you know they'll be there. Arizona, you hit the hammer right on the head. Uh, we got a commandment. If somebody shows you who they are, we gotta kind of believe them. It's a reason they put the clause into Kyler's contract for a reason. Of course, the media overblew it, but it was there for a reason. Um, Kyler Murray does start the season off hot, and then for whatever reason, they just go ew for whatever reason. And you know, with the Super Bowl being actually out here in, in you know Arizona, I think that that should motivate them more to try to be there. But I'm I don't see them, you know, especially not having a better roster than San Fran or the Rams as well. Um, so I think that's in a, a particular position. So I got them finishing third in Seattle. Yeah, they they might as well get Sam Donner from us at this point. Um, we don't know what's going on there. Uh, so I actually had a trouble now with the with with with, with Seattle, but we'll, we'll say that for another day. We so, can do it after we done. <laughs> oh, I mean, it, it's funny. It, 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 it's funny a bit. <laughs> Um, so Falcons, Seahawks, again, both for the trash of their division. Um, and so Falcons, Seahawks, both birds as well are at the bottom. Um, give me, I agree with the Rams. Bobby Wagner is, I, I, to what allows these owners to give the Rams everything that they want for pretty much nothing i don't i don't get it i i really don't get it that they trade the guy jalen ramsey right um and other players but like jesus stop giving the rams what they want um but again the rams win this division hands down like 6 30 if you ask me um second c well Sexy, I think, is the 49ers. Um, if I'm the Jets, I, I'm I'm going to get, go get Jimmy Garoppolo right now um, I, because I think Wilson just went down towards ACL. I mean, the Jets will probably give you a few things if you're listening. Uh, to the 49ers. Go ahead. Robert, Robert Sonny said he thinks Joe Flacco could be a starting quarterback in his league. So I think they're going to roll with Joe Flacco. Unless <laughs> he was – I'm pretty sure he might be capping, but <laughs> you don't say that if you just go, all right, we're going to try for Jimmy G. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's fine. Well, they got about six weeks to figure that out, right? <laughs> um, but, I mean, 49ers, you did all that to get Trey Lance. You, I, I don't see why at this point now, don't just give him a chance. He's showing you some things during preseason. You did a lot in the other offseason to trade up to get him. Why not give him the chance? Um, he's got some weapons. I mean, 
we talk about Debo, but they got some other good, talented receivers with some great hands. Um, that without those receivers, I mean, Debo was the one that was more of the catalyst for that team in their playoff run. But those receivers, when they're strong hands, don't make those catches. They're not as far as they go. Um, and that defense, Bosa, oof, um, it's just a defense you just don't want to see um, at any time. Um, and so give me the 49ers at second and the Cardinals. The Cardinals were 5-0 and last season um, and then proceeded to stink it completely up like my, my daughter's dirty diaper behind me. <laughs> um, I mean, atrocious. Um, I, I just don't understand they collapsed. And, you know, they got no D-hop. Realistically, you got A.J. Green being the number one receiver who is not a Bengals uniform. This ain't uh, 2015 again. Um, and so I, I don't see them offensively being that good. Um, the thing that I like the most about the Cardinals is Buda Baker, honestly, at safety. Um, he might be the best player to me on that entire team. I know, of course, you got TJ, uh, TJ, JJ Watt on there, but JJ Watt is like a shell of himself now. Um, I know he was injured sometime last season, but it's still not, he's not at the level that he was. Um, but I think they still have enough to be at least the third seed, like I said. And, you know, I, I don't even know what to say about the Seahawks. Um, the Seahawks are the Seahawks. Um, and they'll be last place. And that's really it. So, again, Rams, they may be about three or four games better um, than the rest of the talent that is in the NFC West. Um, but that does not mean that the 49ers are not going to compete to me. Uh, for a playoff position, for sure. Um, so you might see two teams in the NFC West actually competing for a playoff spot. Well, one for sure, but another one, just in case. Yep. So my 14, to quote uh, Gucci Mane and all in uh, Briggs, he said, man, it's winning all year because the birds lie yonder. Give me the birds, man. Seahawks, Falcons, fourth. Yep. It's pretty much a uh, set of stone, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the other three teams. So I give the I give the Cardinals this every year they've improved since Kyler Murray's rookie year they went five and ten and one his first year eight and eight his second year eleven and six his third year right I don't think they're gonna improve this year but I don't think they're gonna be like I don't think they're dropping off like to like no losing record losing D Hop six weeks does hurt but they did trade for Hollywood Brown who did play if I'm mistaken he did play with Kyler Murray at Oklahoma right or he played with Jalen Hurts I, I give a few it was Baker Mayfield Kyler Murray. TD Lamb. I, I'm pretty sure they played together at Oklahoma in some form and fashion. <laughs> so they got some type of uh, camaraderie with each other. So I think that helps. Then when D Hop comes back, you'll have both of them. So he's kind of gets replacing the Christian McCaffrey role. Also, they have uh, Rondell Moore that they uh, drafted last year. So I think they're going to be pretty straight on offense. I think they still have James Conner, but they did lose Chase Edmonds, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So that does hurt them some. Defense, Buda Baker. I think they're going to be decent on defense. They did lose Chandler Jones. Uh, and also, they said J.D. White is it as good. So, I have them going kind of like where I had the Panthers, 89, 90, 80-ish. They'll be around that range, potentially compete for a playoff spot. As for the top two, I am a little closer on the 49. I am a believer in Trey Lance. And if you see Jimmy G, like, if Trey Lance just average, they can be what they were last year and get to the, uh, you know, NFC Championship game. If he's supposed to be better, like they expect him to be better than Jimmy G and take him, over the top, they could potentially win the division, in my opinion. Uh, I just believe when teams win the Super Bowl, they kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit. It just has that feeling that the Rams kind of like, all right, 
cool. You know, they're going to be in cruise control. Uh, I'm not going to pick the Fortnite to win, but it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a probably a one-game separation because Fortnite seemed to have the Rams number when they played them. Um, so I do I do think I like Trey Lance. Uh, Ayuk has gotten better, like she do saying about the other weapons. They're going to always be able to run the ball. My Shanahan team is going to be able to run it in the little zone run offense. And they they going to run. And you got you got the running a quarterback that can run now, uh, Trey Lance. So that helps. Uh, their weakness is their secondary or the corner specifically. Uh, they didn't really address it and get better there. But when you got D line that they got and the linebackers they got, Fred Warner is arguably the best linebacker along with up there with Shaquille. Uh, what's the man I got now? I forgot his name. Darius Leonard, Shaquille Leonard. Like, I'm man, yeah. Trying to get his correction now. Now I almost got his actual <laughs> last name. <laughs> trying to correct him. <laughs> but he won't be called now. So uh they're right up there. So yeah, give me the four nine spins. Just close to the Rams. Uh, I go and pick the Rams. I don't want to sound like a Rams hater since I picked against them all last year. Uh at the Stafford, they re-signed, they you know they signed Allen. I know y'all mentioned uh my guy from the Seahawks by Wagner. They even got Allen Robinson, like a receiver. And I still believe. It seems it seems like Odell's gonna return. Now he ain't gonna be able to play for a while, even if at all this season, but it just kind of feels like he's gonna stay stay with the Rams, just stay with the team that you know you have the most familiarity with when you're recovering from an uh, ACL injury. So um and if he can come back by the end of the season, then I mean, hell, that's overkill with Cooper Cup, him and uh Allen Robinson at that point. And defense still got Aaron Donald back, got their new contract. Jaden Rams is still back there in the secondary. Uh, they did lose the other corner, Darius Williams, I think, but I, I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll find a way to be able to replace Cam Makers. I am interested uh, seeing him healthy for a full season, along with I got, of course, from Memphis, uh, Darius Henderson on that little one-two punch in the backfield. So, yeah, giving the Rams, they should be Super Bowl favorites, I guess, or even like uh, from the NFC, they should definitely be like the favorite to win the NFC conference. So, yep, I stick with the Rams. With like she just said, I don't know why these teams keep giving them everything they want, but you know. Or they could sign anybody to yeah, why are they getting this money from? They sign like <laughs> when they sign out of Rossi and don't probably reckon, like, where y'all get the money from? Man? <laughs> like, I mean, who don't want to get football. paid to play football in LA though? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we hear you, but like Aaron Donald's got a big contract. Uh yeah, like <laughs> at what some cap? point the cap is cap. We made the seven said. Yeah. I did forget about Stafford's elbow injury. I got to – we got to see on that front. Uh, that could be a lingering injury. That could be serious, but we'll see. He did leave league in picks last year with 17, so the elbow injury ain't going to help that. <laughs> but they still won the Super Bowl despite him throwing two picks in the Super Bowl. So, you know, they, they still find their ways even despite that. And Matt Stafford's still going to make the key play. He knows to throw the ball to Cooper Cup the whole last position to win the Super Bowl. So, um not really worried that in unless the injury is just a whole lot more serious than we're thinking. And I'm sure nobody else in the comments had any questions. I know Trevor Pick, he had Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, Seahawks, and also I think Ryan, you know, saying Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, and Seahawks in that order. Cool. Now it's too sad, man. It's been immensely we did trolling all. No, we have had much lately, but we'll go ahead and get started, man. I got the video ready as well. Is you trolling? Is you trolling? Is you trolling? Is you trolling? Yeah, I might be. 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 Yeah, I might be.
<laughs> haven't been here in a while. Troll or not, man. We give a take, and the rest of us determine if it's trolls or not. So, Damien, you have one across your head while we're in here. You free, feel free to give it. <laughs> so, two. so, this would have been better uh, if he did not sign his extension, of course. But, of course, DK Metcalf signed an extension with the Seahawks. Um, but I did see a report, uh, you know, an analyst saying that it'll be fun if the Panthers actually traded for DK Metcalf. Um, he gave a suggestion of a first round and a second round pick uh, for this year and next year. But I would throw in, you know, Sam Darnold, who will be losing this quarterback competition. You know, that's money off of the Seahawks, you know what I'm saying, books anyway. And DK Metcalf coming over with a DJ Moore and a Christian McCaffrey, that's a deadly, that's a deadly team offensively. Um, so what do y'all think about that? That should be a trade that helps both teams, trolling off. Not a troll, but like you said, with the, the contract <clears throat> just being signed, I don't know if it's like the NBA where a player can get traded. Like, rather, you know, kind of NBA is a certain time they can't get traded, like February or December. Right. That's a new contract. But seeing that he did just sign a contract, that means they do want to keep him there. Uh, we would perceive that's the case, but I could see a scenario where you could be like, all right, we signed to a deal. All right, now let's trade you. But most of the time you trade the player, then they sign the deal. Like us when we trade AJ Brown, we traded him. He signed the deal immediately after being traded. So, you already work out the deal with the new team, then the trade happens. So uh I would say it's a troll for that reason, but it's not necessarily a troll if, like you said, if the contract him just signing the deal wasn't in place. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. If the contract wasn't signed, then it could be like a real take. Cause you'd be like, Okay, I can I can see how that can happen. Uh, Dominique said no one wants. Yeah. That's true, but it's not like well, that's true. But we we paying them sixteen mil, and that's that's some, somebody take that out there. Uh, it's not like Seattle has better options. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Smith, I mean, Sam Donald, Gino Smith. <laughs> yeah, and I think that the troll or not, in regards to what you're saying, is does Christian McCaffrey play a whole season? Um, like, I mean, man, I haven't seen him for a while and I think fully healthy, that that's very helpful and beneficial. Um, but I don't think you guys need a DK Metcalf. I really think you guys have some good crop of receivers already to not get someone who is going to, I believe, command more of a number one spotlight to you all. Um, and I think you, you stay with what you have, but again, I think the, the underlining troll and all that one is, does Christian McCaffrey stay healthy for seven? Well, 17 games um, is more or less the question. Because if he's healthy, you don't need no one else. You'll be fine. Yeah, I have seen him stay healthy for 17. I have seen him stay healthy for 16 games since he signed the contract. So definitely don't see him stay healthy for 17 games. <laughs> and to your point, receiver, Robert Anderson, I, don't, I mean, it's been a lot of smoke this offseason, I guess, because he said something about when they asked about trading for Baker, and he was like, nah, and now they got him. So I don't know what, what's going his, on. In the his, his, his excuse was the fact that he does have chemistry with Sam Donald ever since they were with the Jets. Um, and he was yeah, like, as true. far as wide receiver starting over with a new quarterback chemistry and all that, he just didn't want to do it. So that's why he said no. That's it. That's what he's saying. As a man, I'm going to trust it, whether you, I believe it or not. I don't know. But, you know, I think him and Baker will be fine. Cool. Anybody else got one? Cool, 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 man. Nice return to our famous or infamous segment. <laughs> but that does it for the episode, man. Damien, man, thank you. You were great. Thank you for coming on. Definitely was a great Appreciate guest. Yeah, let the people know where to follow you at again. 
Yes. Thank you guys for having me, man. I definitely enjoyed this episode. And uh, anytime you guys want me back, just let me know and I'll definitely be ready to come on. Uh, you can find me at the real deal WDA. That's the real deal W as in whiskey, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha on all social media platforms. Uh, my podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. You can subscribe on any podcast platform. You'll get some NFL talk, NBA talk, boxing talk. We're going to have fun. We're going to touch on serious issues, but most of it's lighthearted. You'll get some music in there, a little bit of everything with The Real Deal with Damian Adams. And then the other podcast I do is called The Third and Three Podcast. We do that live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Facebook and also on YouTube. I got to get Jason to make sure he includes the YouTube on the live feed every time now uh, so that we can yep. get that on there as well. Uh, but catch us live. If you can't catch us live, don't worry about it. Just subscribe on any podcast platform. You can find us on there as well. And any of the other stuff I'm doing, just follow me on social media and you'll find the videos, the articles and everything else, man. I'm just constantly trying to pump out content. So go ahead and follow me and you'll get it there. For sure. I definitely could vouch for all the podcasts, the third and three podcasts. Great with him, uh, Jason and Nikki. Uh, definitely the tricky Nikki segment always give me because I, <laughs> I feel that every single time. <laughs> so definitely check him out there. Real deal, Damian Adams. Always great content. Like I said, great follow on uh, Twitter. He's going to pump out the videos almost every single day as well. Like, seem like <laughs> right, <definitely laughs> all the takes. So, man, man definitely man, salute to you. Um, man, you gonna be off Twitter real soon, spreading that false information though. <laughs> <laughs> just like they, just like they kick Trump off. You, you next, my boy. <laughs> oh man, but uh, remember, man, follow me on Twitter at the one underscore P Shark. Yes, uh, follow me at Tab Shakir, man. We did this episode for Lil Saint. Rest in peace. If y'all don't get it, you just don't get it. <laughs> It's just me not getting it. Um, it's really shitty. You know what it is, man. Appreciate y'all. And that's always y'all know y'all can listen to us and um like and subscribe and hit the notification button on all these platforms. YouTube, Spotify, also give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and a review, and any podcast platform, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it. Um, before we end off, Ryan said, Great show, fellas. And of course, Trevor, follow him at our Trevor. Remember, Ubs not capitalized because it's a preposition. We'll be back next week. Uh, of course, Grizzly Bread Blues Podcast Network. We will be back. Uh, I know we took about a month off, but I mean, ain't nothing, been, ain't nothing to talk about for a month in NBA. So we'll be back next week. And also follow our uh, other co host, Skyler, at um, underscore Skylito. So, or Sky, what is Skylito underscore? Alright man. Till next time, y'all.